Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here on the Retire Sooner podcast, time and happiness. A time, how much time do you have? Are you time affluent or are you time poor. Well, it impacts your happiness levels, according to Casey Holmes, who's the author of Happier Hour. I'm always fascinated by happiness research. Of course, I study money and happiness, and we're going to get to Cassie Holmes's study. But the real topic of the day is a money and happiness concept that I think can help you be a better investor over time, sleep better at night, regardless of how your 401k, your brokerage account is jumping up and down in price. The massive disconnect between short-term price, the value of the market relative to long-term values of companies. There's a market of stocks and there's a market of companies. Technically, they're one and the same, but for your own mental well-being, we need to train ourselves or remind ourselves to focus in on value of companies versus the value of their stocks. We're going to dig into that right here on today's episode. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. I'm going to start with this headline. This is a CNBC story. Too much free time won't make you happier. Cassie's a psychologist. So the question is, how many hours do you really need in a day? Cassie's a social psychologist and a behavioral science professor at UCLA and wanted to know the answer to that question. So she enlisted her colleagues to go study tens of thousands of Americans and how much time they spent on a regular day with free time. Again, something like being able to hang out and listen to the Retire Sooner podcast watch Netflix, play an instrument, exercise, your favorite core pursuit or hobby on steroids, photography, art, just hanging out, listening to your favorite music. For me, by the way, that would be some version of country slash rock. I don't know if I've ever talked about this here on Retire Sooner, but I think number one on my book is Chris Stapleton, call him country slash a little rock. But that's, again, my idea of hanging out on the porch, listening to Chris Stapleton. That's free time. That's awesome free time. But here's the data on free time and how it correlates to levels of happiness. If you have less than two hours of free time in any given day, according to Cassie's study, you are time poor and you have no time to yourself. So under two hours leads to lower levels of happiness. 
on the other side of the spectrum, more than five hours of free time in any given day also leads to lower levels of happiness. You may have plenty of time, but if you've got that much time in any given day, seven to 10 hours of just complete free time forever, then there's a high probability that you're lacking some sort of purpose in life. And again, we know if we lack purpose, happiness levels fall. So what's ideal? Well, between two and five hours. That seems to be the sweet spot. Two and five hours of free time, TV, podcasts, just hanging out, listening to Chris Stapleton, sports, exercise, or your favorite core pursuit. As we know, happy retirees have at least 3.6 core pursuits or hobbies on steroids. That's the optimal free time happiness zone. Two hours to five hours a day. No more, no less. Cassie, author of Happier Hour, thanks for that research. Love it. Now let's move to maybe even a meatier topic that I think can have a huge impact on your state of well-being, your anxiety levels, which of course translates back to your levels of happiness in retirement when it comes to investing because it's a rough sport. And it's an emotional sport. And it's because the way markets are set up almost forces investing to be a daily, minute-by-minute, emotional event. The question is, how do we step back from that and focus on the enduring value of companies and not the frantic moves in stock prices that we see every single day? And that's the concept today of stocks versus companies and the nearly endless disconnect between the value of companies and the value of stocks. There is a market of stocks, and then there's a market of companies. And technically, they're one and the same. Let's look at the S&P 500. The S&P 500 is comprised of what? 500 well-established companies here in the U.S. And yes, those companies are valued every second of every day by every tick of their stock value. So yes, they're technically the same thing, But herein lies the concept that can be so helpful, hopefully for your mental health and your happiness. Let's remember to focus more on the value of those companies versus the value of the stocks that represent those companies. The value of a company is enduring and almost glacial. Think about it from day to day, how much does the value of a company really change? The price of stocks that represent those same companies is absolutely frantic. Frantic like the most hyper puppy or small dog jumping up and down that you've ever seen. The one's enduring and glacial and produces lower levels of anxiety if you focus on it. And one is frantic and anxiety provoking. It happens to be the one that's shoved in our faces every single day, 10 times a day. No, no one gives an SP 500 company report on the nightly news or when you're listening to radio or wherever you consume media, it's the SP 500 stock report. So if we can make this very important mental shift. It can be really helpful, particularly in a tough year. And it's been a tough year for investors. 2022, not easy. Not just because we've hit bear market territory or negative or we're negative on the year, which in itself makes it for a tough year, but emotionally. The market has been captivated in 2022 with what? Inflation. 
and inflation and inflation, CPI, PCE, wage inflation, commodity inflation, housing inflation, gas inflation. And then what the Fed, Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, is going to do to battle that inflation. It's actually been fascinating to see how just a few sentences in any given day from the Fed to take one topic that creates the roller coaster, how much that can subtract trillions of dollars in the blink of an eye or add. So I think what spurred today's topic is a chart that our team put together this week, our investment committee, looking at the impact of the Fed. And we looked at the SP 500 overlaid with big Fed comments at a particular date, dating back to last August, so a little over a year. And the visual is crystal clear. When the Fed has been dovish, meaning they're more likely to be accommodative and less likely to raise interest rates to slow the economy down, stock prices have rallied. When they've been hawkish, reminding the world that they need to combat inflation and raise rates, stocks have tumbled. Now, if you couple that by looking at the overall market cap or market value of the S&P 500, not just the price, but what's the aggregate value, you will see trillion-dollar moves. So trillions of dollars in value up or down over days and weeks just from a few Fed comments. By the way, for some reference points, if you go back to the market lows during the pandemic, that would be March of 2020, the S&P 500 overall aggregate value about $21 trillion. Then you go to this past January where the market really kind of hit it post-pandemic high, value over $40 trillion. So we're talking about a $20 trillion difference over two years, not even two years. So one, I think it reminds us that the Fed is very important and very powerful, particularly for markets in the short run. But more importantly, it shows the franticness of how stock prices move almost on a whim for simply how investors are feeling that day or that week. Feeling good and positive, trillions of dollars gained in value. Feeling bad or negative, trillions of dollars lost in value. And I'll put this up on westmoss.com. We'll call this chart Fed Talk and Market Value. But you can see, go back to last summer, the Fed's dovish talk added $3 trillion to stocks over a couple of months. Then in January 22, the Fed's hawkish talk subtracted $5.5 trillion from markets. Then the dovish talk in March added $4 trillion. Then their hawkish talk in late March subtracted $8 trillion. Then, of course, there was the Jackson Hole, quote, pain talk. There's going to be some economic pain. That subtracted almost $4 trillion over a couple of weeks. Frantic price changes leading to what I would really contend are very much outside moves relative to value. Companies don't change that quickly by trillions and trillions of dollars in value. But stock prices act as if they do. We've got to take this short-term, almost market price exaggeration, we've got to take that in stride. And we can start doing that. We can start to lower the anxiety around investing. And here's the key or the trick. We have to start looking at the market as companies rather than stocks. Hey, y'all. It's Mallory Boggs, the producer for the Retire Sooner podcast. From an investment standpoint, the world is changing. 
We've gone from no inflation to hyperinflation, zero interest rates to much higher interest rates. All of this changes the dynamics for stocks and bonds. So the question for you, are your retirement accounts ready for it? Have you adapted your investments for these major shifts? Do you know what kind of income your 401k account is going to pay you in retirement? If not, maybe it's time for a new perspective. The Retire Sooner team is here to help. If you're ready to talk, reach out to our team and we'll help you take a closer look at how you can generate income in retirement and protect yourself from inflation. We'd love to hear from you. Again, find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are companies? Companies are a collection of people and intellectual property and brand value and humans with the incentive for those companies to grow and flourish no matter what. And by the way, big companies typically have some of the best financing you can find in the world. Very often the most talented people running those companies in the world, constant innovation, and typically thousands and thousands of dedicated humans moving their mission, that company's mission forward nearly, nearly every day. Not, not every day or every month or every quarter. It's not as if every company steadily grows to the sky. But for the most part, if you're looking at the SP 500, the majority of those companies really are following this path of inching forward on a daily basis. It's the fabric of how they're set up. You use many of these companies and very often the, the very fabric of our, our daily lives. Think about where you shop for food or how you ship packages or how you transport yourself to, to work or to vacation. How, how do you fuel those trips? How do you keep the lights on in our homes? How do we protect or defend this nation? How do we heal our loved ones when, when they're sick? Again, it's not always big companies. Very often companies, big companies, not always big companies, but big companies that are part of the very fabric of American life here in the U.S. capitalism, that the unstoppable army of American productivity. And guess what? We get to purchase those businesses. We can invest in those businesses for years and decades and for the duration of our retirement and really the duration of our lives. The hard part, when we buy these companies, they come in the form of stock. Now, contrary to looking at the value of a company, stocks are the hyper and emotional reflection, call it minute by minute, of how parts of the market, very often this is because of shorter term traders, how they feel about the value of those companies at any given moment. Very different than the value of companies. Company value, enduring fundamental businesses. Stock value of those same companies, think frantic and emotional prices. These two concepts... They're not the same thing. Even though they're tied to one another, at least I would contend they are not the same thing. One is enduring, one is erratic. Companies in a marathon-like way grow their earnings little by little each year, or at least they attempt to do so. They get to set prices, right, to combat inflation. 
And over time, as long as those earnings grow, we can see both the overall size of the business grow and then the dividends or the cash flow that gets paid out to you as investors. Companies give you the opportunity to invest in marathons. Stocks in any given day represent more like a sprint. So I feel much better about the landscape of investing when I look at portfolios, when I look at brokerage accounts, when I look at 401k statements, I feel much better thinking about the landscape as a marathon for businesses and their enduring value, not the sprint or the price that's put on those companies minute to minute. So as you get whipsawed to and fro in any given day, just remember the endurance part of the race, companies, that's the key to focus on, not the sprint. The only exception here, and this is an important one, is that over the long, long run, talking long run, 10, 20, 30 years, prices will eventually, so stock prices should eventually and generally reflect the earnings of those companies. Again, not in any given week, month, or year, or even three years, but over the course of 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 years. And here's what I mean. All investing over time comes back to the profits of what companies ultimately earn. Profits of those companies, they can either go to stock buybacks or go to shareholders. Company earnings for the SP 500, going back to, let's look at the year 1970, were about $5.50. In aggregate, what they all earned, put it in a jar, it was $5.50 in aggregate for the S&P 500. And the price of the S&P 500, the level was right around 100. For the year 2022, the same earnings that were $5.50 are now roughly $225. Just looking at earnings, profits, it's a 40-fold increase, five and a half to 225. How about the price? Well, we started at 100, as I do this podcast today, we're roughly at 4,000. That's also a 40X return. And by the way, it's a little over 10% per year. And it's no coincidence the company earnings over that long stretch up about 40 times, 40 fold, so is the market. But if you were to go back and look at any given year, month, week, the price of stocks can be dramatically overshooting or dramatically undershooting the true value of companies or the earnings they're producing. In the meantime, in the real world, you're not Rip Van Winkle. You can't not see typically these frantic changes in real time. Stock reports are everywhere. And the stock market and the economy, they're, they're emotional because they affect us personally and financially. Go back over the last 50 years, we've had three times that the markets got cut in half, down 50%. The tech crash, the great financial crisis, and the 73-74 market. We've had eight or nine, if you want to count where we are today, recessions in the past 50 years. And usually we see a minus 25 or 35% decline when we hit recession. It's a recession every five or six years, by the way. Not to mention, if you were to look at the average decline in any given year for markets or stocks, SP 500, it's about 15%. That's the average inner year decline. So how do we save ourselves or how do you help yourself and lower your anxiety around investing. Well, try to put yourself in a position where you're constantly reminded that you're investing in companies, not stocks. It's something that we try to focus on here every day. It's how I get through the day very often. And then, of course, 
We all need to have some sort of long-term plan. All good investing starts and ends with a plan. Doesn't have to be that complicated. A plan can be money today. What am I saving over time? Money tomorrow with some assumptions. And then what I'm going to need to spend adjusted for inflation. Then remember the enduring power of companies and earnings from those companies and dividends that get paid for those companies and save yourself from the perils of just price. For most people, that is the very difference between wild success when it comes to investing and absolute failure. And I know which one you're going to choose. Hey, y'all. This is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information.